At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare all these guys who run these organizations who talk about analytics they have one thing in common they're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game and they never got the girls in high school and they just want to get to the game <laughs> Hardwood Handicappers. As you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, folks, what's going on? Second hour of the show. We got a lot left to get to here in the next 55 minutes or so. Coming up 15 minutes from now, Mark Schindler is going to be with us. Uh, basketballnews.com. We're going to talk a little bit about the WNBA, the NBA, what he's expecting, of course, in this next matchup, uh, next game in the NBA Finals matchup. And then Danielle Alvari, host of the LA CityCast, our weekly WNBA go-around uh, when it comes to some of the news and notes out of the uh, Women's Association. Uh, we've got a lot going on in the WNBA and some good betting opportunities that have been arising in that league. But we go from there uh, to a really quick update. We're going to get the player props here in a moment, but I wanted to update what's going on with the number here for game two of the NBA finals, because uh, we're seeing quite a bit of movement now on this total. Uh, this has been a dramatic shift. There were a couple of spots that were 214, a couple of spots were 215, and everything in between those numbers. Well, all of a sudden, we have seen this plummet. 213 and a half is the lowest number on the board right now. There's still a 215 out there. That would be here at Las Vegas Station Casino. So if you uh, oh so choose, listening to my voice, and you're here in Sin City, you can go and check that out. Uh, but right now, we are seeing the market start to move heavily toward the under. And I would agree with that sentiment. We'll have more on that in a little bit in terms of the actual details of that. Uh, but as I wrote about today, decent.com slash JVT. Check that out. Write every single one of these games up. Um this looks like a game that is going to be some regression to the mean when it comes to efficiency, thus could be a lower scoring game. And you're getting about at least at one point, you were getting five and a half more points, five more points than the opener of game one. So with that, uh, let's talk a little bit about some player props that we have to discuss. So we'll start with the Golden State Warriors first and take a look at some of these guys. And, you know, look, the, the usual suspects are there. Steph Curry's got a point total of 27 and a half. Clay Thompson's at 19 and a half. We'll get to him. Uh, Andrew Wiggins at 16 and a half. Jordan Poole, 13 and a half. And these numbers courtesy of DraftKings about, uh, I don't know, about 30, 45 minutes or so uh, ago. Eight and a half for Draymond Green. Kevon Looney at six and a half as is Otto Porter Jr. And you see the big names there. Uh, but I wanted to focus on the lesser, like the lesser name, I guess, because he's just not a big star. Come on, Looney, right down there at the bottom. Point total of six and a half. Rebound set at four and a half. Assists at one and a half, or two and a half, excuse me. And uh, three pointers made. Uh, it's not up on the board. Um, so when we're talking about Looney, here's the thing. So in game one, Looney plays 25 minutes and only scores four points, one of four shooting from the floor. So we talked in the first hour about how Boston defends the Golden State Warriors and how they've defended everybody pretty much. 
and how the Warriors could go about attacking that. And one of those is switching, right? If you're, or excuse me, switching, slipping. If your opponent is switching, well, then one of the antidotes to do that is before you set your screen and as they go to switch, you as a screener are going to sw- slip just right out of there, go straight to the basket, pass to the big guy, usually a low post player, and you work from there. You can either finish, move the ball around. But if they're going to start to slip these screens a little bit more, and a guy like Kevon Looney, who's pretty good at slipping those screens and showed the ability to do it at a very high level in the Dallas Mavericks series, I would think Looney's in a pretty good position here today to go over a relatively low point total prop. He could rack up the assists as well, which is going to be pretty interesting, right? Because if you receive help defense, if you're slipping, getting the ball in the middle of the paint, help defender comes over, you can kick it out to an open shooter or anybody else that's cut to the basket. And here's the thing. If you look at it, he had five in game one. Come on, Looney's kind of an underrated passer when it comes to his game overall. So we're kind of tying this all together in the way that we've been setting this up throughout the show if we're going to see a little bit more in terms of slips and whatnot, uh, trying to slip and seal smaller defenders from a Kevon Looney, you could probably see more points and more opportunities for a guy like Looney from a scoring perspective. So over on points, potentially over on assists, you could find points and assists for a Kevon Looney set at nine and a half. I think that'd be pretty intriguing when it comes to looking at him and playing those two over. Not so much Steph Curry, and again, we'll get into that and the others, but I do think a Kevon Looney type prop, whether it's points or points and assists and playing that over, offers some decent value if you're looking at it from the way that the Warriors could respond to what happened in game one. Uh, Let's focus on Jordan Poole next, because the biggest question for Golden State, and a lot of people just assuming that Poole's going to bounce back, he's going to be fine here in game two. Game one, nine points, two of seven from the floor, one of five from three-point range, two rebounds and two assists. So first off, before we get into Poole himself and how his point total prop or whatever uh, could go down, let's hear from Steve Kerr, who in media availability the other day brought up Poole's struggles and how he expects him to bounce back in game two. It's a game where he didn't really get into rhythm. You give Boston the credit, again, that they deserve. They're the number one defense in the league. They did a good job on him, staying physical with him. And then you see the tape and you and you and you realize, okay, we could do this, we could do that, and you make some adjustments. But ultimately, you you trust that, uh, you know, like like any player who has made the impact that he has, uh, you trust that um, there's going to be some ups and downs. And I thought uh, I thought it, it was uh, a tough night for him, but. I have full confidence that uh, tomorrow will be much better. And a lot of people do have confidence in Poole to bounce back. And Poole's been an awesome story, and he has shown his ability uh, to score in bunches and be an electric player. Uh, But it does trouble me that when you're looking at previous opponents, when you're talking about the less resistance that you get against a team like Denver, for example, which Poole went absolutely crazy against uh, in that first-round series. But as teams get a little bit tougher uh, defensively, I think you're talking about, like, look at this matchup, for example. There was a great segment uh, in this game where Poole gets um, gets in a screen situation where pulls the screener over, he goes through the screen or takes the screen, and Marcus Smart, who is defending the screener, switches, and he switches hard, and he gets right in the jersey of one Jordan Poole. Poole's got no, re- no room to breathe, nothing at all, and he eventually turns the ball over, Smart takes it, they go back the other way. And to me, like, I just wonder, a guy like Poole, who's a good creator and at times a really good scorer, how he matches up with a defense of this intensity and this level. I mean, you look at the series against Dallas from a scoring perspective, from an efficiency perspective, shot well, 62.3% from the floor against the Mavericks. But 
Look at some of the point totals. Wasn't as aggressive, right? 16 points, 14 points, 10 points. He had 23 points in game two, but you saw him kind of fall off. Look at the Dallas, uh, excuse me, the Memphis series, especially the last two or three games. 14 points, 3 points, 12 points for a Jordan Poole. And in those last three games, a team that is going to match the physicality of Boston, we're talking about 4 of 12 shooting, 4 of 15 shooting, 1 of 6 shooting from the floor. Like, I think a matchup like this does not really benefit a player like Poole, who's a little bit slighter in terms of his weight, who's going to be at a size disadvantage against every single guy that he matches up with there individually for Boston. I just wonder if that, especially when you're talking about betting him over his point total and laying minus 125, I just think that to me, when you're talking about Poole bouncing back, playing him over the point total, not something that I would be interested in. Now, the other guy that deserves a lot of attention and betters rightfully so think he's going to bounce back and have a couple of people have an MVP ticket on him in this series is Clay Thompson scoring total of 19 and a half. And he's been a little hit or miss, but let's hear from Thompson on what he needs to hear or what he needs to do in game two to put forth a better effort himself and to help the team, you know, the Golden State Warriors succeed. Uh, I need to make more shots. I need to take more shots. You need to get more stops, and I need to just be myself. And uh, yeah, that would be one of the greatest to ever shoot it. So I'll rely on that. Pretty simple. Take more shots, make more shots from Clay Thompson. But it's also when I talk about like the peaks and valleys of where he's been through throughout this entire postseason, you know, that has been the case. He surpassed only 19 and a half points once in the series against the Dallas Mavericks. That was that closeout game. And the four games prior to that, he went to combine seven to 24 from three point range. That's 29.2% for Clay Thompson. It was one of the worries that I had when talking about him for finals MVP. Now, Thompson's a really good player. But defensively, he's not the same guy that he once was. Defender, as a primary defender, I'll put it that way. Uh, opponents shot 7 to 10, the Boston Celtics did, when he was the primary defender. And you look at it from a consistent standpoint when it comes to scoring and shooting, it's just not there. But as I mentioned, it's peaks and valleys, right? So the peak is going to be a game in which he closes out Dallas almost single-handedly. is absolutely incredible. But the valley is going to be the game before that where he scores 12 points or has a relatively quiet performance himself and is subpar defensively in a game one loss in the NBA Finals. So when you look at that, and you're talking about a point total of 19 and a half, three pointers made for him in this game, which I think is set at three and a half. Like those are just some really high marks that you're talking about to bet over the total for a guy like Clay Thompson and the way that he's been playing. So for me, a really strong lean on both on under for both points, three pointers made for Thompson. Same thing with points when it comes to Jordan Poole. And the last thing to note about the Golden State Warriors is going to be Steph Curry. Uh, shocking, I know it might seem, uh, but would be looking to go under here with Curry, 27 and a half points. And again, when it comes to these stars specifically, uh, these are always tend to be a little bit higher, these point totals, because a lot of people just want to bet the best players over their point total. But what I think really sticks out about this point total for Curry is look at the way the game one transpired. In the first quarter, he goes 7 of 11 from the floor, absolutely not from three-point range. What was it, 6 of 7, whatever it was, scores 21 points. It was great, right? Absolutely incredible. Ends up with 34 points on the game, goes over his point total. Uh, I think he either went over it or nearly went over it in the first quarter with those 21 points. Regardless, think about this, though. He scores 21 points in the first quarter on 7 of 11 shooting from the floor. The rest of the game, after Boston settles down, gets their communication a little bit better, understands how they want to defend him, they don't get lost in transition, all these things, he only scores 13 points, 5 of 14 from the floor, goes scoreless in the second quarter, 0 of 2 with a turnover, and now you're asking him to have another really solid performance against a defense that has shown an ability at least to adjust to how he wants to play offensively, and you're laying a price to do so. 
So you're laying minus 125 on a really high point total on a player who in the last three quarters of the first game didn't really do much and did whatever he did. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare on an inefficient shooting mark and for me that's why you look at curry you think 27 and a half that's probably a pretty high number and I think I'm going to go under, and especially when it figures to be a potentially low-scoring game, and we see how the market's responding here in terms of the way that that thing's getting bet down. So we'll get to the Boston Celtics side of things. There are some point totals and some other props that we should definitely look at there. Uh, Jason Tatum and his assists, and we'll talk about the philosophy of handicapping props because here's the thing, and we'll expand on this after we talk in a couple of minutes, of course, uh, with our next guest. But when you talk about handicapping player props, a lot of people use averaged in his last few games think that's kind of a mistake, but I'll tell you why in a few minutes. On the other side, uh, we are not done with anything. Stick around. Mark Schindler is going to be with us. Basketballnews.com. Get his thoughts on NBA Finals Game 2 and what's going down in the WNBA as well. Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. This segment of Hardwood Handicappers brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn America's number one nicotine pouch available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. And it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com slash find. That is Z-Y-N.com slash find. Yeah. All right, we got a lot to get to here in the next couple of minutes. Uh, we are getting closer and closer to game two in the NBA finals. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. And uh, the WNBA, which has a schedule underway right now. Aces up on Dallas, 45-40, and rolling left to go in the third quarter. Let's bring in Mark Schindler. Give us some time right over at basketballnews.com. M-G underscore Schindler, S-C-H-I-N-D-L-E-R is how you spell it. Mark, appreciate the time, man. Uh, so let, let's start actually with the team that I'm watching here and the team that is in our city. That would be the Aces. Um, I'll, I'll ask you this before we get to the injury news for them that, that went down a couple of days ago. I, am I right? And when I watch them play and I look at some of these numbers and the way that Becky Hammond has been coaching this team and the offense that they run, I don't want to say that they're ahead of the WNBA, but the way that they're shooting threes and moving the ball around, and they're a little bit like smaller in a league that seems to be low post oriented. It seems to have taken this league by storm early on. Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch. Like, pace is up all around the league right now compared to where it was last year, but they've been at the top of that, with, without a doubt. 
Um, like you mentioned, like they're, I mean, they're, they're breaking three point shooting records five or six games into the season already. Um, and that's only expanded since then. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been incredible to see, especially the flow, just the pace in general, because this, this is the same core of players that has been the last couple of years. Um, obviously with Liz, Liz Cambage moved on to, uh, to, to the sparks, but like you mentioned, like Asia Wilson was playing the four much of last year. She'd play like the five with bench units, but I think you just see this group really put on, uh, you know, put out and really maximized by everything that Becky's running and doing. What what do we make of uh, Jackie Young? Of course, uh, it looks like she's a pretty good MVP candidate. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I wouldn't think that she would have been the top candidate, but she looks like she's breaking out to be that. But um, she's dealing with injury. We saw Chelsea Gray too. How, how impactful is the Young injury? What have we seen, heard about that, and how it could affect them as we move forward here for the Aces? Yeah, I mean the injury definitely hurts, um, literally and and, uh, and and metaphorically too. But like yeah. I, I think uh, I, I probably wouldn't be quite there with MVP. I think Asia's still been the best player on the team. But like you're mentioning, I mean her breakout has been massive for this squad. I, I mean she was the number one pick uh, a couple of years ago for a reason. She's been a good player, but to take that leap into being a, another All Star caliber player, the biggest thing, especially just in terms of actual impact right now. She's probably the best defender, um, especially on the wing. So I think that has a really big impact on on what that looks like defensively for them. Um, but it seems like it's going to be a rather minor thing, and she should be back hopefully soon. Same thing with Raquana Williams is is still nursing that foot injury and should be back shortly as well, and that helps shore us from the depth off the bench. Um, so I wouldn't be too worried about this, but I do think there are there are questions about you know what the depth of this team is overall. Um, and how much they rely on the starters. So I think that's going to be something we're going to be following all year for sure. So let me ask you this. Uh, they are, as the season has gone along, uh, their odds to win the title are growing. And we're talking about multiple shops having them in the range of about plus 175 uh, to win this entire thing. Uh, the team that would match up best against them, what team would that be in your mind? Ooh, I think we saw it play out a little bit. The Connecticut Sun uh, yeah. present a lot of difficulties for them with their size, especially on the inside. But it's interesting because there it's kind of like a tale of two uh two sides with that like conversely for the sun the the aces can go very small as we've talked about they can really spread the floor and while the, the sun have a lot of opportunity like a lot of size to cover ground i do think uh playing a, a very fast brand of basketball isn't um you know what they typically do it's not at the best of their ability um, we haven't seen the matchup in a while. I think the Mystics bring up a lot that could be interesting. Same thing with the Sky as well. Just any any team that has length and and mobility out on the court and can match up with some of the things that they do, um, I think really bring bring the most interesting matchup wise. So I'm glad you brought up Washington. One of the things and the angles that we've been following on the show here from a betting perspective, top two teams against the spread, it would be Las Vegas uh, at eight and three ATS. And it's the Washington Mystics who are eight and three ATS. And it makes sense to a certain extent, right? Because Washington, they were pretty banged up right last year. And so mm -hmm. you come back this year a little bit healthier, some additions, and you kind of surprise some teams. The power rating on you is not that high. And so you can cover some numbers. But what have you made of Washington here? Our WNBA handicapper, Daniel Avari, uh, threw, around, threw them out as a team that's going to be much improved. You can grab a fat number before the season started, and it's probably going to shrink as the season has gone along. And that's been the case. When you talk about contending and being a team that could push for a late push in the WNBA playoffs, how legitimate are the Washington Mystics? Oh, they're for real. I think that yeah. when they're at their best, they have just about the best defense in the W as far as I'm concerned. Um, offensively, like even right now, they're playing the sky and it's been a close game. But you see, you know, with how how they're handling Elena Deladon's, uh, you know, just injury history in general. Like she isn't dealing with an injury right now, but, you know, just given her uh, her long like, her having Lyme disease and just having a lot of 
um, injuries that have popped up in her career. They've been handling her load management this year. I think they have really lacked when she's not there. I mean, this team is built around her. She's one of the best players in the league. Um, so you see that when, when they miss that. I do think what's going to be interesting is, like like you hit on, they had um, a lot of injuries last year and some new additions. They almost have, I, I don't want to say too many players, but they have so many options in the front court. It's uh, it's almost like an embarrassment of riches in some ways. But there are some residual effects with that because I think trying to find a rhythm for everybody in the front court is something Mike Tebow is really working towards uh, right now. Like Maisha Hines-Allen was a borderline all-star, uh, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. And now she's really struggled with the bench role after moving there because uh, she wasn't working super well in the starting lineup. Um, Alicia Clark obviously has been in and out with injury but still hasn't quite found her footing yet. Um it's going to be very interesting to see what they look like all together, but I would put them, I mean, they're, they're a contender for sure in my mind. I like it. All right. So let's go to a team that you actually just wrote about yesterday. So, and you've mentioned them a couple of times. So Chicago sky, uh, the defensively and what they've been doing, it's really solid. And th- this is a team that's actually been pretty poor against the spread, uh, but that's more from a rating standpoint. You know, this is a team that went to the WNBA finals, right? Won that thing. And so when you look at the way that they're rated by the market, a lot is thought of them and it's maybe been a little too high here, uh, but is what we have seen from them up to this point and how good they have been defensively, uh, what is the legitimacy behind this team in terms of uh, getting back to the WNBA finals and potentially winning this whole thing? I mean, I think it's definitely there for the taking. Again, a lot, especially with how condensed the season can be um, and how important, you know, just being good late. Like we saw with this team last year, they uh, much of the way that we just kind of talked about with Washington and, and some other teams that are dealing with injuries, like they've benefited from not dealing with a ton of injuries to start the year. Um, they have done a lot of tinkering, but I also think what's been interesting, like this is a team that has a lot of really quality shooters, spacers on the team, and they are one of the worst shooting teams in the W right now. Um, I, I don't expect that to hold up. Like Allie Quigley is just about the best shooter in, in league history, and she's shooting 17% on the year coming into today. Um, Julie Aleman, who just finished up uh, the French season uh, over in the French League, um, is coming over, I believe James Wade said. Uh, some, he's, he's expecting her on Tuesday. She shot 47% from deep on about five attempts per game last year. She's really good. Um, this team overall just has so much versatility and skill, and the passing is is fantastic too. I think they're still trying to find what their flow is offensively, and a lot of that's going to come through you know, actually hitting their shots. Um, it's not quite as reductive as that, but I do think that's a big part of it. And I think, you know, as, as, as you mentioned up the top, the, the defensive uh, – the defense that they've brought coming over from from what they had last year, that was a huge part of why they ended up winning the finals was the the intensity that they found playing, even as a smaller team, playing with uh, with the activity and um, and the really timely rotations that they do. They're just so in sync already. You can see them carrying that over from what they had in last season's run. So once that offense clicks, which, again, that's still it's warranted to call it an if, but I think with how many quality and, and, and good players they have, I, w- I would just say it's a matter of when, not an if. So, um, yeah, I, I am very much in on this team potentially getting back to the finals. I like it. So, all right, before we get you out of here, last two minutes, one of the better teams against the spread uh, that is, I think, surprised a little bit here uh, has been Atlanta. Uh, can they keep this up? The market's been sleeping on them a little bit. They've covered six out of four. They've won the six out of the ten. Excuse me, six out of ten, and they've covered those six games and won them. Uh, as we kind of move forward here, as the market kind of fails to keep up with how surprising this team has been, is this something that's going to be consistent in terms of looking at them in night to night basis and putting together some pretty quality efforts? Yeah, this one is tough because uh, you know I really like this team. I like what they've done. They, they just got to picked up another win today against the Indiana Fever. Yep. They have the number one defense in basketball. Um, 
I don't think that their defense is going to fall off by any means, but I do have some concerns. Just offensively, this team is down near the bottom in terms of where they're at offensively. Not, I mean, they have some fine personnel, but I think um, my biggest concern is just going to be as things go on down the year, I mean, down the stretch of the season, um, we've seen teams just in, in any league of, of any sort, it, you know, you come out, play really strong defense, um, and it just it's really hard to hold up that defensive integrity all season when you end up losing close games because your offense sputters. Um, like I think we saw that with the Washington Wizards earlier this year. Uh, they had that super hot start in the NBA based on a really strong defense, but the offense struggled a ton. That ended up really stinging them. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, but based on you know everything I've heard out of Atlanta, some of the media availability there, um, I wouldn't expect them to necessarily just drop off at all. Like I think this team will play around 500 and be a likely play-in candidate. Uh, Mark, uh, basketball news, uh, it's one of my favorite sites to hit up, and you guys do a great job. I enjoy your work, too. So thanks for a couple minutes today, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, man. Yep, you got it. Again, you can find it at basketballnews.com. Mark Schindler uh, is the name. All right, we'll come back. we got plenty left to get to. Get back to player props in the news coming out of Utah in the NBA. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. What up, folks? All right, last uh, half hour or so here on the program. we got a lot to get to in the last 30 minutes, keep you uh, keep you up to date on what's going on with the NBA Finals game line as that has been moving and shaking and doing all sorts of things as we've been on the air. Uh, right now, consensus number, we'll call it, Golden State 4.5 with a total of 213.5 as we approach game time. That lone 215 that was on the board, uh, it is gone. So your predominant total across is going to be 213.5. The five's out there, though. So if you're out in Las Vegas, again, if you fancy yourself a Celtics better, Go ahead, you can grab five over at Station Casinos. Also, keep track of some of the WNBA action. Uh, watching the Aces are up eight points right now over Dallas, 60 to 52, 53.9. Kelsey Plum, a one a woman wrecking crew at this point. Daniel Alvaro will be with us. We'll get her, thought, or her thoughts on the NBA Finals, as well as what she's been betting and what we're going to be looking for in the coming action for the WNBA. All right, before we get back to player props, uh, because we haven't gotten to the uh, Boston Celtics side of things. It is very much worth mentioning that we did get some big news in the NBA today uh, that has uh, quite a few ripple effects. Because remember now, we have odds that are up for next season. So we'll see what happens as we move forward after this news. But Kendrick Perkins looks like he's going to be a head coach. No, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and others, and this was announced officially by the Jazz, so it is done. Uh, the Utah Jazz and coach Quinn Snyder uh, are parting ways. Snyder is stepping down. Uh, this is after eight seasons. Now, this had been in the works for a while. The, the rumblings have been out there as you've been paying attention to NBA media for the last six months or so. Um, not only just with the way this season ended with Utah, he was rumored to be looking at the Los Angeles Lakers job, the San Antonio Spurs job. Uh, clearly, there is some tension in that locker room between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell still. Uh, just overall, it didn't seem like it was a very good situation. Snyder also, health issues, not issues, but I believe he went underwent a hip replacement surgery, a less invasive one, uh, but did need some work on his hip uh, in this offseason. So everything had been kind of moving here in this direction for the Utah Jazz in that they would be looking for a new head coach. Now, as far as the uh, candidates are concerned for who would replace him, uh, from one from one Shamsharanya, among initial candidates, Utah's head coaching job, Knicks assistant Johnny Bryant, Jazz assistant Alex Jensen, former Trailblazers head coach Terry Stotts, who I would assume is going to be the favorite to get to get this job, Celtics assistant Will Hardy, and Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin. But what this means, and why I think this kind of matters, as we're talking about this in June, 
is not only have the rumblings been out there uh, that Quinn Snyder was not going to be head coach of the Utah Jazz anymore, but the rumblings are out there that both Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are on the verge of a split, and a split in that one or both could be gone for the Utah Jazz. And I think a lot of people would initially be, why would you get rid of Donovan Mitchell? I mean, the return for Mitchell is going to be great. If you're talking about trading him to a team uh, that would, you know, get all routed up for him and try to trade off some assets for him, and that would probably be a New York Knicks type of team that's been looking for a star guard for a really long time. Mitchell, of course, has connections in the area out there. So that could be a potential destination if he indeed does want to force his way out. And Rudy Gobert has been tied to multiple teams in that they have been asking questions about him. Amongst them, Toronto and Dallas, which, can I just say, if a team like the Dallas Mavericks gets Rudy Gobert, sign me the bleep up because the Mavericks are going to be freaking awesome next year if that's the case. Uh, but this has some potential ripple effects as we move forward. And what's also really intriguing about this is, let me double check. This is, uh, let me see. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. This is going to make sense all in a second. Uh, but the All-Star game next season is in Salt Lake City, I believe. So, yep, it is. So and that, that also matters because do you want to blow your team up when you have your city coming in? Like there's all sorts of things that come out of this. But I think at the end of the day, what it just really means as we look ahead to next year and the NBA odds are up and you look at it from that perspective in terms of futures for the Utah Jazz. DraftKings at this point right now has the Utah Jazz as a 40 to one shot to win the NBA finals is currently constructed. This could be the start of a really big change for the Utah Jazz. And you could see guys like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert be off on their separate ways. And keep in mind, too, it's an old team. Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, go down the list. Uh, this is a team that seems to be on the verge of implosion. And the first domino is falling with Quinn Snyder finding a new job. So very much big news in the NBA and very much worth something to keep an eye on as we look ahead to the next season because this season is uh, on its way to ending. With that, let's uh, re... Let's re um, Let's revisit some of these NBA player props, specifically the Boston Celtics. We talked a little bit, if you weren't with us a couple of minutes ago, about some of the player props uh, for Kevon Looney. Points and assists, very much lean over on both of those for Looney. Pool under, Klay uh, Thompson under points and under three-pointers made, and under points for Steph Curry. But let's talk about these guys. Um, because I think immediately, what I heard a lot of after game one, is especially for that guy right there, is Jason Tatum. It's like, well, I mean, look at, look at what happened in game one. You got to start to look at them and playing over those assist numbers, right? Double-digit assists in game one. And I do think that one of the flaws in handicapping player props is that you look at averages, you look at the last few games, and you're like, it's going to happen. We're in, you know, for example, I had somebody ask me before game one, you know, Curry, he's he's been dishing assists the last three games. He's been incredible. Why wouldn't you look at him to go over his assist prop? The problem with that is, you're looking at games against the Dallas Mavericks and saying, that's going to translate to this next opponent. And that's not necessarily the case. And it also matters on a game-to-game -game basis, right? You saw, and this is, and we'll, we'll spread this example out, but it'll make sense, I think, at least. We'll, we'll keep on the Steph Curry train of thought as we tie this into Jason Tatum. But you saw the beginning part of the series against the Dallas Mavericks for Curry. His assist numbers weren't really there. But then you saw that Dallas was starting to send more doubles, trying to get the ball out of his hands. All that. So what do they start doing? They start slipping guys. He starts kicking it out to open shooters. And so now over the last three games of that series, all of a sudden you see the assist numbers pile up for one Stephen Curry. He ends up averaging well over seven assists in the series. And so as you talk about adjustments, these things are changed. So we go to Tatum here today. I don't think it is safe to assume that Tatum is going to be a guy that is going to rack up assists again. He could still go over his prop in terms of assists. But when you're looking at it 
from the perspective of laying a price on going over five and a half assists. And if you're assuming that because it happened in game one, it's going to happen again, I'm not entirely sure that will be the case. If Tatum shoots better, and that obviously means he's not going to be getting rid of the ball as much because he'll probably be a little bit more aggressive. So that's going to hit. Uh, I think when you look at the way the Golden State Warriors are going to try to defend Tatum and the Boston Celtics, you're probably not going to see as much help defense going toward a Tatum, especially if Gary Payton II is going to be available for stretches and they're going to feel comfortable putting on him, even though he gives up some size, maybe trying to put him on one-on-one on Tatum. Uh, and so... As you kind of look around, Draymond Green, for example, it's been bandied about that one Draymond Green could have more possessions on Jalen Brown. Well, Draymond Green's a really good defender. Why does that matter for Jason Tatum's assists? Well, if Draymond Green is staying home on a Jalen Brown and all of a sudden he receives a kick out from a Jason Tatum, that's probably not a shot that's going to go up right away considering how good Draymond Green is. So to me, when I was looking at a guy like Tatum, probably want to bet that underneath in terms of his assist total just because it happened before doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Just uh, just always put that out when it comes to handicapping some of these. But some other angles that I thought were definitely worth looking at here. You know, for example, Al Horford. Points set at 11.5, rebounds at 8.5, and, and assists set at 3.5. And, and I know that Al Horford, for example, it's been reported at DraftKings uh, that him over his, play, his player pop uh, is uh, one of the highest bet props that are on the books right now over at DraftKings. It just speaks to, again, uh, bettors like to just bet on what they saw last. And Horford had a really hot shooting night, likely not going to happen again. But I will say, in terms of rebounds for Al Horford, the potential is going to be there. So as we look at the way this game could be played, lower scoring, lower efficiency, slow paced, that would be a lot of opportunities for rebounds. And against a smaller team where the biggest guy on the floor is going to be a Kevon Looney, where we went through the numbers, right? With a lone big on the floor, the Celtics in that first game in 16 minutes, plus 31, probably going to get a lot of minutes with a lone big. Al Horford's probably going to be that lone big. So you're probably going to get a lot of opportunities for rebounds. Thus, maybe playing Al Horford over rebounds is going to be something very much worth looking at. And I do think when you look at some others on this board, you know, for an example, a Robert Williams type. Robert Williams, I think, is the most fascinating player that comes into today because Robert Williams, at times, he looked good and he looked brilliant. There were stretches where he's blocking shots and he's contesting shots and getting back. But at other times, he didn't really look that healthy. There's a really slow gait to him when he was going down the floor. There were times where he looked a little lost or didn't really look engaged. Or didn't really look engaged. How much, from a standpoint of this time off between game one and game two, how much does that help Robert Williams and his knee? Does he become more engaged? Does he become a more engaged rebounder too? And because that's the other thing. I think a lot of people see Robert Williams and their low rebound total of six and a half. And they're like, kind of put that over. He's a starting center. But remember, from a defensive assignment standpoint, Robert Williams is actually playing off ball and crashing in to help contest shots. He's not usually in position to box out and grab rebounds, thus a really low rebound total. So always keep that in mind. You always got to remember these matchups and how this works and going forward. So uh, at the end of the day, when it came to the Boston Celtics, the one that really stuck out, I didn't have as many strong angles on Boston, but I do think the one that was definitely uh, definitely worth looking at was Tatum under assists. Uh, I think the market, because the, the favorite uh, was the over. It was a relatively decent price to lay on the over. I don't think the Celtics are going to be defended the exact same way they were in game one. Thus, Tatum is not going to be putting up the same numbers from an assisting and facilitation standpoint as he did in game one. I will say, as somebody with a Jalen Brown 13-1 to ticket on finals MVP, I hope he goes over his point total prop because uh, that would be great in the first two games for a guy who's got a pretty good ticket on Brown to win the award. But um, 
I'm never that lucky. Never that lucky. All right. All right. We will wrap this up on the other side. Danielle Avari looks like he's going to join us. Talk a little bit about the, the WNBA, the games that are coming up and what she, she's been on a great run in the WNBA. So get some thoughts on some of the matchups that we will see in the coming days. And also what she thinks is going to happen as we are closer and closer to game two of the NBA finals between Boston and Golden State here on this Sunday. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. VEASAN Summer Special is here, folks. Summer's here as well. Only 39 bucks, you're going to get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Make sure you check it out. Next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the biz right here at VEASAN.com. Subscribers are going to have access to all of it. Adam Burke's got daily MLB best bets in that column he writes every single day. Freaking awesome. I've got best bets to the NBA Finals. Only a few games left. I'm going to call it now. Only three games left hopefully. Uh, Andy McNeil, break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We had a wild finish today in the Eastern Conference Finals, plus lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets, premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, hopefully some more WNBA stuff from Daniel Avari. And if you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bet email, every edition of Points Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and producer Brian Ortega's phone number, sign up now, vsin.com slash summer. Cost is only $39 to be a subscriber at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. through July 31st. All right. Let's talk a little bit more hoops uh, with one Danielle of our, a little bit more hoops. We were just talking the hoops of the last two hours. Danielle, it's good to talk to you. Thank you for uh, lead footing it back from your trip and making it so that we can get you uh, any more professional sense on camera. Uh, so let's talk about a couple of things. First off, before we get to the WNBA stuff, uh, I would be remiss if I did not ask you game two of the NBA finals, where are you at with this series and where are you at with game two? You got some opinions. I know you do. Are we just all succumbing to the zigzag thing? Is that what's going on here? Because what in what plan on what planet are the Warriors laying this many points versus the Celtics? What in game one tells us that? You are preaching to the choir, my friend. Um, that is the zigzag. That is exactly what's happening. The market <laughs> thinks that, uh, hey, it's a bounce back. You, you're going to hear the word desperate a lot. Backs to the wall, right? Uh, so, of course, they got to win this game. And thus, they got to cover. So we got to pump this power rating up by one and a half points. Uh, you and I have had a lot of talks about numbers and data and all that stuff. And you know where I sit on this type of thing, which is that's ridiculous. You should not be pumping up the point spread by a point uh, because of the situation they're in. So I am with you. I think this number is just a little bit out of whack. 
I didn't see anything in game one that would tell me this. And I had Warriors first half in the game one. I didn't think necessarily they would cover the full game and three and a half even seemed a little silly for game one. It was Warriors at home. So I didn't want to play a full game. Didn't know what we were going to see from them, uh, but they didn't even cover the first half for me, despite being up most of the first half and just in the final moments, obviously succumbing to that, that Celtics defense. Yeah. Uh, but luckily I did have Tatum under his three points props. So that hit, um, but I was listening to your show uh, before I was coming on, which by the way, it's, it's nauseous how many times you have to hear me read ads on Visa. And so apologies to everyone, but uh, I was listening and I was hearing you talk about Tatum and I was like, yeah, maybe a bounce back spot for him, at least in terms of offense here. But I definitely think that uh, those are kind of tricky spots to play as well. So I'm not really sure what we're going to see from Tatum here tonight, but uh, I wouldn't probably play what I played on Friday versus him. But yeah, I, I think this has gotten a little bit out of control and I don't know what we've seen from the Warriors that warrants it. I thank you. Thank you. It was very much appreciated on a very pro Celtic show. Uh, and one that kind of poo-poos the thought of playing spots and sometimes to my detriment, you know, I, I do lose some games, especially in the regular season when I just ignore it and go straight for numbers and matchups and whatnot. But still, uh, it's a little crazy when a couple of shops get to five uh, on a game that closed three and a half in game one and the team that was favored failed to win and of course failed to cover. Uh, all right. So we got you here to talk a little bit of WNBA. First off, did you bet anything today? We had quite the schedule on the board. Mm. We had six games, uh, four of which I think are still underway at this point right now. Yes. Some of them are pretty good. We're coming down to the wire. Last five minutes between Dallas and Vegas. Ace is only up 69-64. Looked like in the third quarter they're going to run away with it, but Dallas has cut into this. Uh, anything that you played mm -hmm. that you're sweating out right now? I almost played wings plus six, but almost doesn't win me money. Uh, I did not do that because the Aces team, as we know, are as good as they are, and they are coming off that loss to the Connecticut Sun. I lost some money in that game, too. I could have gone zigzag there because the Sun and the Aces played twice last week, uh, but I didn't see anything in the first game that would tell me that the Sun were going to come out and shoot 83% in the first quarter, which is what they ended up doing. Right. Uh, the Aces, still the better team, were able to hustle back, and they were only down by three at the half after being down by 15 in that first quarter. Uh, but unfortunately, I had Aces first half in that game, minus two. That didn't come home but it came very close despite the fact that the sun went off in that first quarter. So at least we have a top two teams. Now that first matchup between the aces and the sun, I was like, where's the number two team in this league. Now we know that the sun can step up and do that. Uh, but the wings, how much fun are the wings are also great against the spread so far this season. I was tempted to take plus six, but the aces are just skilled enough to, to fit like hammer this home. So I'm glad I kind of stayed off of that. I do have sun and storm over one fifty. Okay. Five, 155. So we were about nine points away from that with five minutes left in the game. So I'm feeling pretty good about that coming home. Also played uh, Fever and Dream live in the first quarter, one over 158 and a half or over 138 and a half, excuse me, because it started very slow for the Fever. You already know that they are the fastest paced team in the WNBA or second. Uh, so I knew that that shooting was going to rebound for them. The Dream were actually shooting better than usual for them as well. So that went over pretty easily as well. Uh, I did also have Dream minus five and a half. They beat the Fever all three times they played them so far this season. There's something about that that's just not working for the fever. They just can't close out games, which I think is reminiscent of a younger team, but that also yep. makes them a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then also, yeah, I'm just waiting on this sun uh, and Seattle game so, to go over at this point. All right. So let me ask you this, as we kind of look at some things that, that have transpired up to this point and what we're going to use to project moving forward. I wanted to ask you about Phoenix. So uh, taking <laughs> on the Los Angeles sparks and uh, that game right now, I've got it 74, 71, 
um, with the uh, Mercury that are on top with about three minutes left to go into the fourth quarter. They close as three-point underdogs today at home against Los Angeles. Now, I'm not a fan of Los Angeles from a defensive standpoint, and that's a number that stuck out to me because I get the Mercury have not been playing well, but I don't think on the road is a spot where you want to lay points with a poor defensive team. It is playing out up to that point right now. So my question for you is, as we look at the Mercury and as we move forward, a 4-6 uh, and six ATS record, 2-8 and eight on the year, is this this time where we're looking at this team to potentially start covering some numbers because the market is clearly really down on them as we move forward? Yes, I do think they're going to get better numbers on the Mercury now. And this matchup in particular, Mercury games, as you know, with their defense are a great spot to play over. Sometimes the line's overinflated, so you can be wary of that. But, I mean, as we can see how it's playing out here with the Sparks and the Mercury, the Sparks and the Sky and the Mercury are actually all teams right now that you can tell by their ATS records. They're just teams that I can't count on to cover games. They're always going to play these close games. Um, and it's unfortunate because the Mercury really shouldn't be in that category. They have the talent. It's really strange to see how Tina Charles has fallen off, but... We saw a game last week where Diana Taurasi got herself ejected in the second quarter and they came back in the second half and put on an impressive performance by utilizing Tina Charles, which is kind of their style that they need to um, get back into using. Of course, they're missing Brittany Griner, but they do have Tina Charles to kind of step in and fill that role. So I do think you'll start to see a little bit better value on the Mercury. Uh, but they're just not a reliable team because as some people have pointed out on Twitter, I liked this expression. Diana Taurasi is sleepwalking through some of these games. And if they're trying to run the offense through her, it's just not going to work. So the Mercury, there's probably two or three teams that are pretty unreliable. The Lynx and the Mercury are teams that I just, I'm not betting on right now, unless I'm betting overs in their games. All right. I like it. All right. Now, a couple of other angles uh, to throw at you really quickly. So today, and this is a team that uh, I got slapped in the face with, and you and I were texting about this a few nights ago. Uh, so yeah. Minnesota goes to New York. Uh, they get a win, 84-77 over the Liberty. They're going to have a rematch again on Tuesday, also in mm -hmm. New York. So today we saw the spread of Liberty minus two. Uh, do yep. we see this potentially flipped? Will I get the Liberty as a home underdog? Will it be worth betting against a Lynx team that is not as good or not very good? I should put it that way betting against the Lynx in this game, like as kind of a zigzag thing again with these two games, it's tough because these two teams are both in the bottom in a lot of categories. We saw this incredible right. fourth quarter comeback uh, by the Liberty of uh, the Lynx going to win at 84 to 77 aerial powers finally kind of stepping up. The Lynx are just so uh, marred by injury and inconsistency that it's so tough on a night to night basis. Like who's in, who's not, who's going to be stepping up. Sylvia Fowles is pretty much the only reliable source on that team at this point, but aerial powers, three of three from three today. And then Sabrina Inesco actually led all the scores with 31 points. She's been starting to be able to attack a little bit more, but all teams do is like double Sabrina. And then where does this offense go? So uh, Rebecca's had to step up for them a lot as well. And that's been helpful, but the Liberty are basically just dealing with injuries right now. But Nigel Laney, we just found out last week out for at least eight weeks dealing with a meniscus surgery after already having knee surgery in the off season, which is incredibly sad because she had an incredible year last year, kind of a breakout year for her in a lot of ways after so many years in the league. So no Benijah for at least eight weeks, Jocelyn Willoughby still out for them. Dee Dee Richards, probably first to return in mid June. So we're not even seeing this team at full strength, really. So the Sabrina's having to do a lot more maybe than we would normally have to see. It's just really tough for me to bet on these situations. Uh, I don't trust the links, but I don't trust the Liberty to steal a game. And I trust that the links have a little bit more veteran presence. And in that scenario, I like to lean on that team. All right. Last 60 seconds with Daniel Alvari. Ask you really quick, uh, Jackie Young for the aces. Is it a serious injury? Is there, is there a long time out here? Cause there's a juicy revenge spot coming up on Saturday with the sparks. They're in LA. 
Yeah, I was so sad to see this because I was giving, I feel like it's my fault. I gave out her MVP odds, not but a week ago, and then she gets yeah. injured. Uh, she was sitting at 25 to one, but it was like pretty much uh, Brianna Stewart and then all of the Aces players is how the MVP odds are looking. Uh, I'm hoping to see that it's, a, that it's a short situation for her, and it's exactly what we actually talked about, I think, last time about the yep. Aces is the one concern is the, is the depth. So uh, we're going to see how they rise above with this. I think that they're in really good hands with Becky, uh, but this is definitely going to be a hit to their otherwise dominant start to the season. It'll be interesting, and they are up by seven right now. Two thirty-eight left to go, so hovering around the point spread in their game against Dallas. Danielle, always good to talk to you. Thank you as always. Thanks, JBT. You got it, Danielle Alvari. Again, great, uh, great work when it comes to the WNBA. Follow on Twitter at Danielle Alvari. All right, looks like we're uh, we're minutes from tip-off here, so we'll see what happens. It looks like one spot's going to close five, but your predominant consensus, Warriors four and a half with a total of two thirteen and a half. Got Boston here today, so hopefully they can take a two zero series lead. And uh, go back home and maybe close this thing out? Find out. It's been Hardwood Handicapper. We'll talk to you next week, folks. Thank you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.